This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, Relationship Between Alcohol Use and Firearm-Involved Suicide, is in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. This study evaluated the sex and age group-specific relationship between alcohol intoxication and firearm-involved suicide. Among males of all ages and young and middle-aged females, alcohol intoxication was associated with increased risk of suicide by firearm. The authors conclude that interventions targeting excessive alcohol consumption may be effective in reducing suicide mortality rates. Our next study in JAMA is titled Pharmacotherapy for Alcohol Use Disorder. This systematic review and meta-analysis considered the efficacy of nine medications for the treatment of alcohol use disorder. Compared with placebo, numbers needed to treat to prevent one person from resuming drinking were 11 for acamprosate and 18 for oral naltrexone at a dose of 50 mg per day. Among the off-label medications, topiramate was shown to yield the greatest benefit. Our next study in the American Journal of Psychiatry is titled Trends in Prevalence of Cannabis Use Disorder Among U.S. Veterans with and Without Psychiatric Disorders between 2005 and 2019. Overall, the prevalence of CUD more than doubled among veterans during this time period, but the increase was much greater among those with comorbid psychiatric illness. In view of the potential impairment and harms of CUD and psychiatric illness, the authors suggest greater efforts for prevention of CUD in this population. Our next article in addiction is titled Birth, Cognitive, and Behavioral Effects of Intrauterine Cannabis Exposure in Infants and Children. This systematic review considered the effects of intrauterine cannabis exposure on birth and a variety of outcomes, such as physical, psychological, developmental, and behavioral, through early childhood. The authors found that among exposed infants, there was an increased risk of preterm delivery, low birth weight, and need for NICU admission. There is no evidence to support impacts on cognitive or behavioral outcomes, and no increased risk of birth defects or death. Our next article, titled Investigation of Monoclonal Antibody CSX1004 for Fentanyl Overdose, is in Nature Communications. This study evaluated CSX1004, a human monoclonal antibody, in animal models. In the mouse model, CSX1004 diminished the effects of fentanyl and fentanyl analogs, and in non-human primate models, it provided protection against respiratory depression for greater than seven days. Our next study in The Lancet is titled Associations Between Parental Smoking and Teenage Alcohol and Drug Use in the Growing Up in Ireland Cohort Study. The study found that at age 9, 31% had a primary parent who smoked. At age 17 to 18, 85% used alcohol and 35% used other drugs. Having a primary parent who smoked as a child was associated with an increased risk of substance use as a teenager. As a result, the authors call for interventions to reduce parental smoking. Our next study, Cross-Species Epigenetic Regulation of Nucleus Accumbens KCNN3 Transcripts by Excessive Ethanol Drinking, is in Translational Psychiatry. The authors propose a model in which methylated region in exon 1 functions as a regulatory region to modulate the expression of the alternative transcripts SK3-EX1B and SK3-EX4. 
These findings provide the first evidence that hypermethylation of the MR-EX1 region of KCNN3 by heavy alcohol drinking as a key cross-species mechanism that may be important for the maintenance of excessive drinking and the development of alcohol use disorder. Our final study, Significant Decrease in Alcohol Use Disorder Symptoms Secondary to Semaglutide Therapy for Weight Loss, is in the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry. A retrospective chart review of 79 patients at a weight loss clinic identified 6 with a positive audit score. The average follow-up interval was 5.3 months. At follow-up, all 6 patients had a negative audit score. The mean audit score decreased with semaglutide therapy. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ACM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.